0: Greetings, Voyagers. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter podcast. This is episode number 156. My guest today is the Canadian castaway. He's going to remain nameless, in a sense. I think I did mention his first name a couple times in this episode, but we'll leave it at the Canadian castaway. He's asked to remain somewhat anonymous. I know about him because during this Quarantine that's been going on, I've been watching a lot of short documentaries, don't have the best attention span for like series and things like that. And I saw about 15 minute doc about this guy, the Canadian castaway, and his partner who live off the grid in Canada. He built a home that is sustainable. Now, I will say that in our post conversation where we were talking after we recorded, He wanted to make certain that people understand that this lifestyle isn't for everybody. You'll likely understand that from watching the the video anyway and from the things that he says, but, you know, he's composting his waste and chopping his own wood for fuel and for heat and growing and cooking his own food. A very labor-intensive type of a life, but one that for him and for a lot of people, I think ultimately is, is quite fulfilling. I think especially now with the craziness of what's going on with the pandemic, I think that a lot of people are going to start to think about ways that are you know closer to our roots, a simpler way of living, maybe something set out in nature away from the hustle and bustle of cities. He even mentions that, like this idea of turning to a lifestyle that was set out in nature just in case anything happens. Like, What if the power grid goes out one day? That's totally possible if a major catastrophe happens. I mean, we've seen these fires. We've seen the the incidents of tornadoes and earthquakes and things like that increasing over the last few years. So I was deeply inspired by the doc and he seemed like a really cool guy and I was really, really grateful that I got to talk to him today. A couple of sort of like housekeeping things is that the Canadian Castaway speaks french so obviously i've had a lot of people on the podcast who whose native language is not english and that's actually like my my fault for not speaking their language i've invited the person on as a guest and my limitation is that i only speak english i'm very basic german and some phrases in indonesian but that's it so there were a couple of times where uh, the question missed and I just followed it up again with the same question, but I promise that I will I will work on my French for French-speaking guests in the future. Also, there's just the fact that if you're tuning in for the first time, I I do these in person normally. I do them overseas. I do them traveling around, but obviously now I'm doing everything remotely, and the Canadian castaways living off the grid. So uh, I think the the sound quality was actually quite good considering. But that's just a housekeeping note. This was done remotely and I am a native English speaker and the Canadian castaway is a native French speaker. I will link to his Instagram. This is the Canadian castaway. And I will link to the YouTube channel. But I apologize that some of the other work that we mentioned in this episode I'm not going to link to. Because again, he wants to stay as the Canadian castaway. You can certainly reach out to him with any home questions, but um, no no life coaching questions or anything like that. Sort of the the how-to of building a sustainable house he's into talking about, but we're going to keep it there. Um, yeah, so again, like it, it's easy to get romantic about the type of lifestyle he's going to talk about in this and if you go online and you watch that doc which you'll see in the in the show notes but understand that it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of compromise and for some people it's not worth it but for a lot of people it will be worth it no nope. filtering rainwater harvesting water through you know the troughs the the kind of look like gutters right things that uh Are kind of automatic wherever you're living now in a, in a city or even in a rural setting or in a town. But you go to the faucet, you turn it on the water's there. You don't ever think about where does this water come from? You know, you go to the store, you don't ever think about, well, where's this, where's the food going to come from? It's right there. It's in the aisle. But, um, these are all things that the Canadian castaway now has to do. But for him, for now, it's worth it. So, I think that's pretty cool. I really liked the notion of this being what he's doing right now, but that in the future, maybe not. And in the past, you know, he, he's he gone around the world filming and his life exists in the, in these phases. And I think that, that that's really cool. He's living in the here and now, but might not be where he lives for the rest of his life. So please go to the show notes and check out the stuff that I just mentioned. I also have a Patreon account. That's where you can support this podcast to keep these stories coming. Itching, itching, itching for things to, to get better. I know that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, but really itching to get back out there and get to some national parks and get to traveling and things like that. So, you know, the Patreon helps to, to sustain that and to keep these episodes coming. So, if you if you enjoyed this and you can give, I know it's a really tough time for folks. So, if you can't give, would love to see you uh, in the comments as an ad. Uh, meaning adding me on on social media or leaving a rating or review on Apple iTunes or SoundCloud or however you're listening so cool folks Uh, hope you enjoy this one I really really enjoyed talking to him I know you've done a I'll get into it all your own media stuff too but is this the first podcast you've done or have you done one before?
1: Okay, P.A., i just let you know that uh, I'm French as fuck. My girlfriend is from Ohio. <laughs> so, like, I do speak uh, English quite good, but, like, I kind of have, like, ear problem because I've been in, like, clubs for years. I was uh, filming, like, a competition called Red Bull Freestyle like, for a long time. So, uh, and wearing no earplugs. So, uh, now I kind of am deaf a little bit. But uh, if uh, if I ask you to repeat, it's not because you you speak uh, not good, but it's just like I'm a, I'm a bit deaf. Be it's kind of hard to understand right now. I was like you're kind of far, <laughs> so
0: yeah, I understand. It's also the the weird Bluetooth setup. It always sounds really kind of distant. But I'll try to
1: talk slow. Okay, good. Thank you.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, first man, uh, thank you. This is really cool to get to talk to you. Um, yeah, I saw the exploring alternatives documentary, like that short doc that they did about you in the house. We started watching that like right after quarantine started. And, um, yeah, that was a real treat. That was a really cool doc. And it has us kind of like reconsidering, uh, where life's going kind of as things get Crazier and crazier in uh, in Western civilization. So we found it to be deep deeply inspiring.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. I don't have like the perfect science about like all how to be like self sustainable, but I know some little tricks that you can apply to your like basic life. So going back to like um, for example, us we live like in a small village, and like my girlfriend is a farmer, and uh, she, she works for like farms all around. So we get food from them uh, as the kind of like economical crashes happening right now. It affects us, but just on a certain basis, like because I have to still pay like uh, my insurance or like uh, my my gas for a car, like see, just the, the basic stuff. But after that, like the food comes from local farm. And people, I think, in big center, big cities, they forget about, like, where the food from. So I got, like, people on Instagram. It's funny because, like, they said, hey, dude, I'm looking at your Instagram, P. My dad have, like, a big farm. And I think after the quarantine, I want to go, like, go farming with him and, like, just do, like, a more simple life. As I was working mainly for for food or, like, for other expense. But I think people realize now that they can, like, slow down
0: yeah I mean hopefully w- we've been talking about this a lot but hopefully there are some some positive things that are you know become a bit of uh, of our norm after all of this ends um, and I do think a return to at least some kind of return to nature or a return to uh, a simpler more basic type of life would be would suit a lot of people and would certainly suit our environment really well. Um, Sasha, one of the things that the document, uh, the documentary doesn't talk about that I've found out through, through researching you to do this episode was that you were, you, you make films and you make some really beautiful films prior to creating the house and going off the grid were you were you living in a city when you were home? Like what type of, what was life like for you?
1: Yeah, um, I'm not like a filmmaker, long long film. Um, I'm a filmmaker who do like mostly like a tourism campaign and like documentaries, also like TV show about like alternative living stuff also, but for TV. Um, I got uh, in the cities for a long time as I'm, from uh, quebec city a french uh, part of quebec uh, then i moved somewhere else and it was for work but at that time i was still like traveling a lot and by a lot like uh, a company who was hiring me uh, <coughs> uh, the company is still hiring me th- those days but uh, it, it was for a project called uh, Red Bull tree style uh, DJ competition and we were doing like twenty five country in three months. So I've been doing this world tour for two years and after the second years I was like, damn, I can't do that anymore. It's just like nuts. Like I need like something more stable. I need to do something with my life. I was doing like too much country in a short time and then I was like, What happened? For example in Japan, like in Tokyo, if like you just remove electricity. Like those big towers with like hundreds of thousands of people, like what are they going to do? So like this idea was always in my back mind for years. Uh, and I was also living uh, downtown in a condo. So my goal was like, just like put cash on the side and then boil land somewhere and then build like a small cottage. So after years of like working hard, I finally bought the land and after that I just began by building one thing and then going for another project and building another thing and then going for another project and building another thing because I don't want it. Like I don't want it, the mortgage uh, for me, it was like another thing to do. And uh, so I think that's it's just like the point of start is seeing the whole world, how much crowd it is. And if something basic happen like for example a virus (laughs) what are we going to do as a society like we're just standing there in like a concrete building and there's no space i know it's like not for everyone to have a garden and a forest but i think there's a way like if you really want it you can do some change
0: so then are you essentially retired or do you still do uh film projects
1: No, no, I do work. I do work like uh, maybe uh, five or six months a year and the rest I just like stay home and do my own project. Ah, I see. I try to work less.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the dream (laughs) I think for
1: everybody. (laughs) Um, But think about it. You remove the mortgage or you remove the rent. Uh, So this is like money more in your pocket. And after that, food like the food you can buy at the grocery store or you can try to grow it a little bit and after that like there's always like the money deep side about like basic stuff that you need money for but this is nothing after that
0: yeah I've I watched a number of those short documentaries that you were talking about and I recognized some of the places that you've been uh, because I've been there as well. And I saw, you know, I saw Thailand. I think there was one uh, potentially in Peru. And I was wondering if, if seeing those lifestyles also influenced you at all, because I saw like um, a person who was a rice farmer in like your photo reel. Did, did your travels in terms of seeing those things, give you any inspiration to, to simplifying your life?
1: Um, I think every experience in your life are acting as a luggage, you bring them with you as you go forward to it. Um, every place I've been in the world, I've learned stuff as I was meeting people and I learned from them stuff. And I think it made my conscience uh, aware of like things I wanted and things I don't wanted. Um... Over years, uh, I've grown. <laughs> I was kind of young when I started like to do uh, filmmaking stuff and documentary. So for me, it was not a question to think about like, hey, what about my life if I had to stop that? And at some point I was like, okay, this is making no sense. I'm traveling way too much. And I kind of forgot myself into like this camera. And when you just like put the camera away, you're left in your condo with like, what the fuck do I do right now with my life?
0: Yeah. You know, every every homeowner needs to learn some basic skills to maintain their home. But what you did in creating your home and in creating a, a different type of lifestyle requires... <laughs> Incrementally more skills. So I was really curious watching that. Like, how much, how much about home building and sustainable living did you already know, and how many of those skills did you have to learn?
1: Um, but it's funny because like today I was like uh, sharpening my chainsaw in the wood, and <laughs> I was like, damn. When I first bought the first chainsaw, I have to go back to the store after two days because I just blow it. I took like the oil chain and I mix it with the gas, but it's not the thing you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> Normally you just like take like the regular oil and you mix it with the gas and then you put oil chain. But I thought like the oil chain for the chainsaw, it has to be like mixed with the gas. So say, I was really wookie, a real cook going in the wood. Yeah, I bought the land. I'm going to (laughs) be (laughs) off-grid. There's a lot of learning. I've I've been like a lot on YouTube, listening. Uh, Also, I ask a lot of questions. Here in uh, the village, there's like people, they're just waiting for that. They want to help. Uh, It's it's great. You have a question, they're like, okay, you can do that or you can do this. So there's always someone to help. If you really want to do it, you're going to work hard. But you're going to finish by making it because like there's always someone who's willing to help. How far away is town? Like,
0: do you do you really have to hoof it to get to to get to a store?
1: No, no, it's not that bad. We just have like six hours drive. No, <laughs> no, no. You should have seen your face. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not that far. It's a, it's a ten minute drive to oh. the village.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you you were able to to pay for the construction of the house like straight up in cash? Or did you have to, you took on no debt?
1: Uh, I'm working with a credit margin. Wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sorry. Um, the way I've done this house is I worked with a $18,000 credit margin. So like, I fill it and I paid it, and I filled it again and paid it again ah. instead of a regular mortgage. But uh, the construction was not that um, that not expensive because I did everything myself. The only thing I didn't do myself, and I needed my friend who were like a professional comporter, I, I paid them for the work, but it was like $5,000. Wow. So the f- framing, in fact cost me $5,000. That's it. After that, I had done everything myself. So it's the only thing I paid for labor. And those were my friends. So this is why it cost like so much, much money.
0: And do you have to spend much on on upkeep and, you know, some of the sustainable things like you're talking about growing your own food and things like that? Like, how, how much would you estimate or average that that costs a year?
1: Um, the, the, how much... It costs in food a year, yeah, Just just the upkeep of of the home. How much How much per year the home cost?
0: Yeah, because if you think about, I'll give an example, right? So, um, I grew up on Long Island in New York, and property taxes are huge. So you're paying oh, yeah. property taxes, water, oil. Gas, yeah, 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 yeah. garbage disposal. <laughs>
1: like, yeah.
0: I, I'm assuming most of those expenses you just don't have.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, here, uh, property taxes are like about $1,000 a year. Depends on how big you, your home is. But the people are asking, like, what is off grid? Off grid, it means that you don't have hydro that deliver electricity to your house. You don't have the sour, you don't have like the the water from the city. So I'm off-grid here because I don't have all those services. But I got neighbor, they're like the same. They don't have like electricity, they don't have water. We're all on our own here because like cities, they can't afford to put like hydro poles everywhere. So this is just that basically because I got other, otherwise I pay like my school tax, I pay my property tax mm. and it's, it's like this. <laughs> it's the same things for everyone in this world. You want to own a land, you will never really own it 100%. It's some kind of like renting to the government because if they want to take it back, they will.
0: I think that...
1: When you don't pay your tax.
0: For people in the
1: States... I think
0: a major concern would also be for, I know you're working, but I think a major concern for a lot of people too is is healthcare. Um, but
1: you're you're nice. quite
0: fortunate to have that covered, right?
1: Yeah, we got the, the like, uh, how is it called in English again?
0: Universal
1: this healthcare? Like, it's like, it's Canadian things. You pay with your uh, tax report at the end of the year? It depends on how many money you do all year long, but like basically it's a percentage on like your uh, your year-long budget and then like they, they do a calculation and you pay that.
0: Ah, I got you, I got you. I think an, a, another thing that might make some people, I don't know if uh, squeamish is the word, if you understand that, but I think something that, a comfort Maybe that a lot of people like is like their bathroom and things like that. Do you huh. do you you have to do like you know human waste removal and stuff like that yourself? Like you have a tank? Uh,
1: I do not have a tank. Um, I'm having a, a septic system, but the poop is actually good. Hurt, like. You can harvest your poop and make art with it. Like it's, it's, You can research on YouTube. Poop is good. There's a way to process it, and like it returns to the earth and gives like super fertile soil. It's really good. And the other question is like, why do you still shit in water in 2020? As it's like a substantial element. You use two good things. First, you use your poop, and then you use water. Those are two things that, like, we need. So you, you, you process food and water and poop mixed together, it's not that good. But, like, when you separate them together, you can produce, like, an excellent soil. And afterwards, like, basically water, like, it's water. So it makes no sense to, like, shit and like, potable water when, like, there's people in the world starve from, like, not having water. So Composting we, toilet is a big market. Yeah. they have this company separate. I don't know if you know about those. No. All the people with tiny houses or like uh, they want to be off grid, they have like a separate. There's a small fan in it. It like dries your poop. It smells nothing. It's super good. You can reuse it, for sure. You not put your poop in your garden. There's a way to process it before <laughs> it can be usable, but. It's something that is there. I'm not saying that you should install in the cities uh, a composting toilet, but some people do it. Wow. It's just like you have to <clears throat> kind of destroy the the, the 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 mentality of the people about that. But that's gonna come in long term. Because yeah. like if we run out of water one day, you are gonna be like, why? Maybe shitting in water is not a good thing.
0: Wow. What about um what about electricity? Like, do you have to ration electricity? Like, to do this podcast, did you did you have to plan out other things you do throughout the day that use electricity?
1: Now here I'm running on a uh, four times two hundred and seventy five watt, which is like a one on one thousand. I'm running on a. I don't have to ration electricity that much because like my um my MacBook is on batteries and my phone is on batteries and stuff that like are sucking juice like directly like the fridge that is running sometimes but not all the time. So I would say that like to do this podcast I'm not rationing. It's just like if I'm like for example like trying to dry my hair as I don't have air it's going to be not possible when it's not sunny. Ah You You can use stuff, but it depends on which one.
0: Would you ever consider doing like a how-to or a step-by-step guide for other people who want to take a similar uh, path that you took?
1: Act like uh, switching your life? Yeah. Wow, I'm not a coach life.
0: (laughs) No, no. I mean, um, the actual physical... Building and running of the day-to-day things that are required to to keep the lifestyle going—not necessarily like a life coach, but the actual physical part of making the home.
1: Yeah, I understand. Um, See, when it's time to talk about like solar, as it's a small house like mine or my neighbor, the 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 way they do it when they calculate like uh, how much panel you need, how much battery you need. Uh, but for example, if there's hydro connected, you can still put solar panel. It's not because you're off-grid that you can't put solar panel. It's like, basically, you just give it back in the circuit when it's producing a lot, when it's sunny. Right. But us, for example, there's no hydro, so we have to st- storage in like batteries in order to reuse it with the inverter. It's like a van. But Doing a a tutorial about how to use that, I'm not enough professional. I got a friend, he's a solar guy. He told me, put this, that, and that, and that. And so far, it's working so well because we did calculation. We did, okay, the fridge take this of power during the day. How long do you think you're going to need your computer? Uh, How many lights you want in your house? Uh, Are you going to plug your phone? What are the stuff that you need? And then you all calculate that. You can do it online if you want, uh, just for fun. And it gives you a good approximation on uh, your daily use of electricity. And after that, you can build your solar system. Okay. But yourself too. You can do it just for fun as maybe you have a lot of time those days.
0: Yeah, nowadays, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it it might be a an easy or a maybe like a cheap question, but I'm really curious about how your life has changed I mean there's the very obvious things right <laughs> like growing your own food or having solar electricity but how has this impacted like your mindset your stress levels and your happiness
1: um but if Electricity, for example, sometimes I have to deliver project, and unfortunately, sometimes it's winter and there's no sun for a week, uh, so I have to um, put my computer in my bag and go work in coffees. Mm. I can't work from home there's no electricity and computer sucks a lot of juice. You could have the bigger solar system, but like think about it no sun, no electricity, even if the biggest Solar system zero equal zero. So here is a small system. And like even if it's a small system, even if I have a big system, like I will not be able to produce electricity, so I have to run out and like do my work somewhere else sometimes during winter. But I'm not that working during winter, so it's not that bad. But that's an example like of a limitation I have here. As my work needs electricity, you know, let's say.
0: But would you say, is it fair to say that overall uh, this lifestyle suits your, your happiness and, and levels of stress better than, than previously?
1: Yeah, I, st- I still enjoy good restaurants. Mm. I still enjoy good food. Um, I'm, say, t- there's something to be proud about, like buying like a friend's produce, for example. Because our friends have like farms. Mm. Here we're not really farming that much. We we do like a small garden just for the, the, just for fun. But like um, our friends have farms, and like helping them, we can have food. Uh, Sometimes I trade also uh, video or pictures, uh, and like there's no money involved. In fact, it's just time. So there's there's something good about that. Like I think. Um, when you eat your food you're you're like hey it's fun it's i know where it's from be i didn't pay for it because it's good food also so it's cool
0: yeah there's um there's a book that i really like called blue mind and it talks about the impact of the environment and it basically talks about the impact of of water on a person's um from their psychology down to like actually like their, their physiology, what's happening in their body. But it also talks about, at the end, it talks about like the green mind, like being out in the woods, being out and around nature. and Oh boy. The,
1: oh man, I got a good story about that.
0: Oh yeah, tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like, before I was not always here. But the first thing I do when I come off of the plane, I go straight to the land, I just walk the trail, and I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. I can feel the difference between, like, air. I smell the difference. Wow. Yeah, that was crazy. It's still crazy, but I think I'm just used to it now. How do you... But uh you're not finished with your blue book.
0: Oh Well, I think... um. I think you get the gist of what I was saying. It's, just, it's essentially that. It's that, um, you know, when we leave the concrete jungle, when we leave a city, there are actual physical effects and effects on like when they do brain mapping and brain scans, there are effects on your brain, on your mood, on your stress levels, on your oxygenation, just being around nature, not even like necessarily engaging with it, but just seeing it and smelling it and hear, hearing it and feeling it. So I would imagine that all of those things contribute also to to your happiness living the way that you are.
1: Yeah, so the memories maybe, like sensorial memories.
0: Yeah, exactly. Do most of, like you talk about your friends on farms, do most of them also live largely off the grid?
1: No, no, no. Farming off the grid is really extreme. We, we did film people. We have like an off-grid farm. Um, it's a question about like energy. If you want greenhouse, so you're going to have to run a fire all the time. Mm. If you don't have like a bigger electric system to, to props like um, fans because like it's cold sometime here. Farming off-grid is possible, but it's I think it's, it's kind of tricky sometimes. I got you. But it's possible. It's possible. They, a lot of people are doing it. I'm, I'm really proud about that because like it's, it's going like um, maybe you, you don't want to farm like big scale farming when you're off grid. So you want to be like more uh, small and like maybe going into like a permaculture as it's more sustainable, easier to farm. I don't know. I'm not a big professional of farming. You should ask my girlfriend.
0: <laughs> okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> She had more answer than me about that. I'm more technical. I know the big line, but that's about it. Gotcha. You. Did you say so uh, again, having seen
0: some of the the videos that you filmed for, um did you say that the the tour that you were doing was a Red Bull tour, like red bull, the the company, like the energy the energy drink company?
1: the the energy drink?
0: Yeah, Red Bull. Is that what you were saying?
1: Yeah, but we had a project. It's called Tree Style. It could have been like Toyota Tree Style. It could have been I don't know MacBook Tree Style. Just like the 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 project was sponsored by Red Bull. Ah. So, ah. it was like worldwide because like we needed like teams in every country, and Red Bull have teams in every country to work on like event as like it was a DJ competition event. So like to, in fact, like every country we were going to do this event, we had a team waiting there and they had like done like advertising before we would land and like before the event. So it was easier to work with a a global uh, company like this.
0: Ah, I see, I see.
1: Because they have team everywhere. So like uh, marketing wise and like event wise, it was like easier. As we were a small group, let's say we were... um, Four uh, person, in fact, working with this project, and um, every place we we were uh, going, uh, there was like people waiting there. There has been like a lot of work before we land, but like after that, everything was set up and we can run the event.
0: I got you. I got you.
1: It's called Red Bull style I think they've been to New York once. I'm not sure.
0: I saw um, one of the the short docs you have. Is really beautiful. It was in Antarctica.
1: Yeah.
0: What was that experience like?
1: Antarctica, it's great, but like everywhere you go there, it's with a boat. And as I'm really seasick, <laughs> it oh. was kind of tricky <laughs> because from Puntas Arena uh, to King George Island, there's a place where like uh, Pacific Ocean and Atlantic, Atlantic Ocean meet. And it's really, really like wobbly. There were the two ocean meets. We call it Drake Passage, and it's it's just crazy. There's like waves. Sometimes it's like 30 feet high, and I'm seasick. So I just I was like, it's it was great to be down there to film penguins and stuff like this, but also. I was seasick all the time. Oh, no. (laughs) uh, Poor expedition for me. It's been done, but I don't think I want to go back there again.
0: But you'll continue to do international projects for like half the year?
1: Yeah, yeah, mostly, yeah. Are you the...
0: Do you get to create those ideas or are you freelance and like the companies pitch the idea to you?
1: Now I'm freelance. The people come to me with an idea, and then I say, "Okay, I want to do it," or like, uh, "No, sorry, I'm not available." Gotcha, gotcha. It's not because I don't want to do it. Sometimes I'm really not available. Well, I saw you. It's the way it works.
0: I saw you started a project with videos from the home. Are you gonna, are you gonna be doing more of those so that it becomes more of a series?
1: yeah, I'd find that girl in Japan who do like really nice video about her and her farm. It's relaxing. She works on stuff. It's super simple. It's like always like static shots with like a nice little music and a nice color correction. And I was like, damn, it's something that like we need. like slow TV. Uh, my mom is a hairdresser. And uh, she, she works with, like, uh, Alzheimer's people a lot. And in their house, sometimes it's it's really boring. There's nothing to do. And, like, all the TV shows are, like, boom, bang, bing, bang, super fast. So I was thinking uh, people working in nature, if they film themselves with, like, a beautiful landscape or just, like, something uh, s- simple, but maybe it could be, like, a great great things to to look at when like you don't have much things to do, and maybe it could like uh make your brain work again or remember stuff, or I don't know like you know <laughs> boy I want to go with that
0: no i I think I get it I mean, even for people who aren't gonna live off the grid i think I think the The at least the documentary that we watched was really inspiring, and I think it shows people that I don't know you you can get a project done. (laughs) I mean, what you did was a really massive project, and I'm I'm not at the point where I can do what you just did, but it's inspiring to me in the sense that like it shows me I can get a major task done or I can change my lifestyle. Someone else has done it, uh, so why can't I?
1: But to the one I, I, I've done on my uh, uh, personal YouTube, not the Exploring Alternative, but the long one, uh, at that time, I was not planning to open a YouTube channel. I was just filming for fun because like friends were coming to help me. I was like, wow, it's so cool. Like People are joining the project. I'm going to do something here. I don't know what is going to happen. But like I had the blueprints and I was like, okay, where the fuck do I begin with that thing? And then it just happened to, to go step by step. Okay, we do the foundation and then we do the floor and then we do the walls and then we do the, the, the roof and insulation and everything. It, it went step by step, but for sure I can't show, the, I could not show everything in this documentary because I was not filming to do something. I was just filming for fun. Right. It was like major colossal work. It's been three years. See, this video has been filmed on 3 years and personally I couldn't afford to like take my time to film everything because like when you film your stuff you yourself working you take twice the time you have to change angle you have to take the camera put it somewhere else do the action and then you still have to work yeah so that's why like YouTubers who do that i go props for them because like here i wanted my house to be done if you have a house already, maybe you can afford to do that. But myself, at some point, I had nowhere else to go. I was living in a plywood house, let's say. And it's cold uh, sometimes during winter, so I needed things to be like done quick. So I couldn't afford to film. So that's why it's kind of, I'm going like step and step and suddenly, poop, and there's like a lot of things happen because like I was just not filming. I didn't have time. I see. But now I have more time, so maybe yes, maybe I'm going to film the lifestyle of being off grid, working on some little stuff. There's some useless stuff, but it's still, it's it's cool to see them. Yeah. Because uh, like some,
0: yeah. And you know, a lot of people are stuck home right now. (laughs) So there's a lot of, a lot of people consuming content.
1: Yeah. And a lot of people are wondering like, what is the life being off grid or like more self sustainable?
0: yeah a hundred percent
1: do do you I think there's a market
0: oh yeah I think so. so do do you think
1: that this is where you'll live for the rest of your life mm, i don't wanna I don't wanna talk because like my English is not that super good but i kinda hate talking I prefer um a shot that tells everything mm you do something, the person is acting, and there's, like, no one talking. There's just, like, the ambient sound and the person doing something. I prefer those videos. It's more relaxing as well.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, uh, but, Sasha, with, uh, with the home you've built, do you think that you'll, that's where you'll stay for the rest of your life, that you'll live there? No. No. <laughs> Will, you, no, bu- no, no. Will well, you build a new one? I,
1: I'm gonna put that I, I'm gonna put that for sale one day for sure as like uh-huh. I want a farm.
0: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Yeah. I want um here it's pretty cool. It's a mountain top. Um I I wanted a view when I bought that place. I was about to build uh, I was about to buy another place, he didn't get accept. Uh after that like I got smashed, I bought this place. I was like, perfect, I got my view. Mm, now I'm like, maybe I would like something more flat. Maybe I would like to harvest for myself. Uh, there, there, I don't know. I think life is not a straight line. There's always like something you, you want to do more or like try. Uh, I've tried the mountain top. It's pretty cool. Is it Forever. I don't know. Sometimes I say yes, sometimes I say no. It depends, I think. But for sure, a farm could be like the best deal. Uh-huh. Off-grid, again, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool. It, uh, it sounds like you'll have like many exciting, exciting phases to life. And this is one of those
1: phases. Dreams keeps you alive. You have to keep dreaming, otherwise, like, where are you going?
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, I will link to your YouTube page in the show notes, but is there anything you want people, a- any last words you want to give people or anything that you think that people should check out um, in terms of, like, your work on the
1: internet? Not really. Like, uh, I'm pretty low-key. Even people don't know my name. They just know a Canadian castaway as I want to have peace. Like, since I've opened this page, like, Instagram is rolling, but I don't have requests on, like, Facebook. And it's it's what I want because, like, I wanted peace when I move in the wood. I want to share the experience of, like, what off-grid life looks like, but I, I don't want to be known. mm as the person who do that, there's a ton of person doing it right now. People don't want to know who I am. But maybe they, don't, they do want to know how does it works. And this is the interesting part, not me. So keep it me secret. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Well, uh, I want to say thank you. It's... Um... We really love the doc. I really like the work I saw that you have online and it's really cool to get to talk to you.
1: It was my pleasure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is a wrap on episode number 156 of the Voyages of Tim Vedder podcast. Thank you to the Canadian castaway. Please go online and check out the videos that I talked about in the intro and that we talked about during this episode. I think he's a really cool guy and I don't know, maybe one day I will do something similar. I think I need to get a lot more skills before I do so. So uh, Yeah, again, thank you to him. Thank you to all of you Voyagers for tuning in as always. And yeah, that's it for today, folks. I will catch you next time. Please, please, please take care of each other. See ya.